Gig Gab, episode 116 for Monday, May 22nd, 2017. folks and welcome to the podcast for working musicians gig gab by for and about working musicians here in durham new hampshire i'm dave hamilton here in los gatos california it's paul kent hey man how goes it hey dave i'm about to spring something on you all right i've never done this 116 episodes you know everybody listening the way this usually works is dave and i get on skype you know about five ten minutes before we start recording the show Hey, got anything you want to talk about? Anything cool? Just real quick notes. And usually this is a very spontaneous conversation. There's not a lot of planning to it. But usually there's like some heads up. I very purposely did not give you a heads up of this because I'm going to vent something. Okay. And you're going to react to this and uh, you're going to laugh. I had a gig on on Friday night. I was playing for uh, a birthday party at a restaurant, a solo acoustic thing. Okay. And uh, I played from six to eight. Uh, there evidently this restaurant in the same area, um, has a jazz quartet come in from, uh, and play eight to 10. So they got there, they got there about seven forty-five. Sure. And, uh, no one had told him someone's going to be there. And, uh, so the first guy was there. He was, he was a little awkward. I was kind of chatting with him. I even asked him if he wanted to sit in on one. Uh, and he was a little weird. And then, uh, as the rest of the group is basically setting up around me so they can make their, their eight o'clock downbeat. The last song I play for the night, because I know the audience that I'm playing for likes it, was Folsom Prison Blues, Johnny Cash song. Sure. And I'm playing. And I look over, and the drummer who's setting up uh, looks over at the sax player, who uh, was the guy who got there a little early, and gives him a rolled eye. And I, and I like, right on mic... Because I saw it, and actually, I said, "Really?" And um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, it just—I uh, checked into the guy, one of the guys, you know, like what was their deal? And someone I knew knew one of these guys. I go, "Oh yeah, those are those jazz guys. They they think that that's the only kind of music." And so, my message here is: I have no problem with jazz music. I have no problem with people who prefer jazz music or prefer playing jazz music. But jazz music snobs, I have no use for whatsoever. And jazz musician snobs, I have even less use for, right? So if a musician's going to be a jerk to another musician in any way, shape, or form, you're a jerk, right? Yeah. And, you know, for, but do you know the type I'm talking about, I man? I totally you know the know type, the type you're talking that, about. You know, yeah. It's- well, you know... Go ahead. No, it's well, this is like it's not cool. I, it, I mean, it, we all have the music that we prefer. And to be fair, we all have music that we don't prefer. Right. It, it's just like there's stuff that resonates with us and stuff that doesn't resonate with us. And and that's actually OK. In fact, if everybody liked the same thing, life would be really boring. But, you know, to be especially outwardly intolerant of of music and and i mean it's fine if they say oh i don't like that song like to me that's okay but to be like like judgmental about someone that does like it uh that's a that's a whole different line for me 
Well, I, I could riff on the concept of jazz, you know, for quite a while. Again, I, I play with horn players and horn players, you know, their frame of references is, you know, Miles and, and Coleman and that type of stuff. And, you know, they, that's what we, they we call them Coltrane, you know, but that's OK. Or maybe you were talking about Ornette Coleman. So that's what I was talking about. See, there you go. Are you one of those guys? I, I evidently anyway, I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but the, the concept of musical snobbery is ridiculous. And, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why rock music resonates with me as as w- welcoming all comers. I have a lot of issues with jazz. And, and, you know, I think this permeates a lot of high art where, you know, there's a lot of people who like it because saying they like it, they feel is good for their personal brand. They don't really like it. They don't really you know, identify it. They don't really feel it. It's probably the most important thing. But, you know, I, I like red wine because, you know, I like people seeing me with a glass of red wine in my hand. I mean, that's just, that's an odd way to live to me. And yeah. jazz seems to breathe that, you know, more than most musical art forms. I don't know. And, I, would, uh, so anyway. I would say that prog rock can certainly have that element to it as well. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I, I, this is to me, this is not limited to, to jazz musicians, although I've certainly seen elitism coming from, from jazz musicians, but I've seen it coming from, you know, prog rockers and anything where it requires some level of musical knowledge, right? Of, of theory and, and that sort of thing. It'd be, you'd be very hard pressed. No, to play. But, but from the other side of it is that people equate complexity with good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. In right. Both these cases. Right. That's that's right? that's correct. Yes. Yes. Right. And uh, you know that uh, I think that's flawed thinking personally. But um, well, anyway, clearly, so the message yeah. of this to kind of bring this all together is is like a don't be a jerk ever. B really don't be a jerk to fellow musicians. You know, be glad for anybody that's out there putting music into the air uh, and making other people happy with sound, as opposed to you know clubbing seals and 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 uh and being mean to animals i mean seriously yeah if you come across these people you know if there's any value in in doing gig gab you know a always be performing b be cool to your fellow your brother and sister musicians because we're just trying to put a little bit of joy out into the world and so don't be that guy that raises your eyebrow go back into the diminished scale hell that you came from and i hope you never get paid again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's kind of funny. I, I'm and I'm totally with you, by the way. I, you know, and as someone who likes a lot of music that that can certainly be snobby, and it's it, I enjoy having those. I'll call them snobby conversations, but they're not snobby. I, I enjoy having conversations that really dig into the complexities of of that kind of stuff because it's fun. I've spent some time digging in and learning about it, and it's nice to to hang out with people that also understand that and, and do it. But but never is it, and therefore, Sweet Home Alabama sucks. You yeah. know, it like that's that there. Those are two different conversations. You may not like Sweet Home Alabama. That's okay, but it's not because it's not jazz. Y- you know, it's just okay that that you don't prefer that. But it doesn't mean that it sucks. It sucks to you, right? And that's a very different thing than than this universal uh, definition of it's awful. Because I don't. I, I certainly have types of music that don't resonate with me and I would describe as awful for me, but, um, but, but that doesn't mean it's awful for anybody else. In fact, I think it's great if somebody else likes it. Sweet. You know, yeah. careful with your awful, right? Because careful. Well, it's always remember it's awful to me and that's it. 
And that's it. Write a song that moves five people for five weeks, much less five million people for 50 years. And yeah. then come talk to us. Right. And then, right. And then, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, that's interesting. Cause, it, cause <laughs> so this week I am, um, feels kind of good to be contentious for change. I it does. Say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the, here, the funny part is I I'm in the middle of tech week. I'm in the middle of a lot of things actually, uh, this week, musically specifically, but, uh, this is tech week for the local high schools, musical performance of into the woods. So I am, uh, I'm playing drums for it. I am a parent volunteer as I have come to find out, which is fine. Uh, I hate the music for this show. Now that doesn't mean that it's awful. I, I, I hate it though. Uh, to me, it sounds like atonal crap and it's really not interesting, especially from the standpoint of a drummer. Um, there's just not a lot to do and there's very little that, that requires any level of thinking other than counting all these measures in, you know, all these different time signatures that, that really to, to me don't add anything to the show. It's like, you went over the line on 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 being complex for the sake of complexity, and it's terrible. But again, that's my interpretation. That's how it resonates with me. I know lots of people that love Sondheim, and uh, and maybe there's a Sondheim show I would like. This ain't it, you know. And uh, even after having been through a couple of rehearsals with it, it's still not starting to resonate with me. Now, by the end of the week, come next week, I might have changed my entire tune about about this particular musical uh, because I'll have done, what, five performances of it or something. And maybe I'll find something to hang my hat on with it. And, and then that'll be great. But at this point in time, I can't stand it. Um, but that's, you know, that's just that's just me. And I don't judge people that like it. It's yep. fine. You know. Yeah, you would you would never raise your eyebrows at someone else performing it. No, especially since I'm the guy performing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. I mean, I do get to say that I haven't sold my soul to be paid to play it, so at least there's that, you know. <laughs> but um, but th- no, it's it's all it's all fine. It's um, and my daughter's in it, so it's nice to get to do a show with her, and and you know that that's kind of a cool thing. So you know, there's yeah. always and and to me, that's always how it's been. Uh, there's, and I've said this on this show a lot that there's a ton of music that I currently like that I, I really hate it. Uh, REM is, is one band. The Cure is another band that I hated and really even anything that would be in that style of music. You know, I grew up as like a prog rock guy. And to me, there was no reason to look at anything other than, than like prog rock and, and then, all the stuff that I was doing with, you know, my my school band and marching band and jazz band and all that stuff. There was like there was no place for just straight ahead rock and roll. But you know, it's funny. I don't I find especially since we've been doing the show, but certainly yeah. since I've gotten very serious about the band, the way that I kind of approach music is I'm always listening for some music that will make it into my set, something that will sure. kind of break through and be something that I would love to play, love to perform. And that's kind of my plus or minus about stuff. It's, you know, I, I'm not so much interested about good, you know, subjective good versus bad. Just what will, what would, what would make people smile to hear. Right. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of music that I like. And then there's a smaller subset of music that I really like. You know, like, you know, I have a style of music that is kind of my jam to listen to. Sure. But most of it feeds through this decision making process of, which of these songs that, you know, remember, how, you know, we, we've had this thing about 
playing music is an exercise in, in proving people how right you are, you know, and like how great your taste is, how great your, uh, you know, your, your, um, your view of, of music is. So, you know, you might hear something and say, Oh, that's something no one ever plays that people would love to hear again. Or that's something, you know, that is just very clever or fun or funny sure. or, you know, something like that. And so it's all about coming through this kind of, you know, pipeline of what can make it into my performing life. There's not a lot of music that I just listen to for the sake of absorbing. And maybe that's not good, but I just can't. I mean, every, everything I listen to kind of has this filter hanging over it. Sure. Are you the same way? Not at all. No, I am. Um, you I, listen to listen. I listen to listen. And and I really think that that was fed by being a fan of like prog rock. When I was growing up, there was very little opportunity to play out and play the, the music that I spent all my days listening to, you know, and, and maybe I didn't try hard enough or, or whatever. But for me, that opportunity just didn't present itself. And I didn't regularly create it. Occasionally, you know, I would or whatever. There'd be a talent show at school and be like, oh, okay, let's go play Xanadu or something, you know, whatever. But um, uh, because I was a huge Olivia Newton-John fan, no, the, the, the Rush tune. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, but mostly it was, you know, hey, Dave, you're a great drummer. We'd like to have you in our band. We play, you know, straight ahead rock and roll. We play new age stuff or new wave stuff rather. And it was like, oh, okay. And and so I, I, the two are totally different for me. I can listen just to listen and I'm not actively thinking about I must play this with my band or a band or any band. You know, it's just like I enjoy listening to it and it's fine. And then other times it's like, uh, I'm now I'm going to listen to music that, uh, I need to learn for whatever I'm doing in my life, you know, so like funny. performing. Yeah. So, so I'm looking, I'm looking right now at the playlists that are on my iPhone and one is, uh, acoustic songs to learn for this summer. Sure. One, is, one is, you know, trio acoustic songs that would be good for yep. acoustic madness. One is, you know, the current set list of house rocker stuff. One is, um, cool ideas for house rocker stuff. So it's funny, you know, my brain is literally constantly processing for the three different groups that I play with or three different outlets that I have. It's all about funneling music into one of those shows. Well, that so, I mean, my playlists look the same and I consider it a treat when I find myself in a gap where I, I don't have to be listening to music for the sake of learning it. Um, and I can just listen for the pleasure of listening and, and that doesn't always happen in this week and last week, certainly, in fact, for the last month or so, that hasn't been the case. Um, but, uh, but it'll, it'll get there again and it'll be like, Oh, cool. I can listen to music that I like to listen to. Sweet. All right. You know. Here's a cool one. What yeah. are your, what were the top three Sonos playlists you had going in your house this week? Oh, top three Sonos playlists. Uh, well, we had a, an after prom party on Saturday night. So the kids had, uh, a playlist that they built for that. My daughter and her friends into which I, I snuck uh, a healthy dose of, uh, Tom Jones's what's new pussycat in the middle there. So that, <laughs> why, uh, why that? <laughs> so there's a, there's a comedian, John Mulaney that talks about the best meal he ever had, which was at a, at a diner where they had a jukebox and his friend queued up, I think 25, what's new pussycats and of course you can't skip and so you know after like the third one the people in the in the diner start going nuts and uh i think after like the you know the 12th one uh he snuck in one it's so unusual you know 
uh, or it's not unusual, right? Whatever that, that tune is. And, and it was like, you know, people breathe the sigh of relief. And of course, as soon as that song ended, bah, what's new pussycat, you know? So, uh, so I did that to the kids cause they, they knew the joke and, uh, and of course they were skipping it, but I had enough of them queued up that they had to de- sort of deal with it for a little while, which was good. Um, so there was that we, uh, went and saw a rush tribute band on Friday night called Lotus land that put on a great show. So I'm sure that that was in there. You know, our Sonos playlists are, are listened to by the whole house. So it's interesting. I don't, um, for, for my work listening, which, which is what I call it. Uh, I, I generally don't use Sonos cause I'm in the office or in the car or whatever, but in the house. Yeah. We've got some just, you know, pleasant playlists kind of going and, and we've yeah. got, you know, so it's all, it's all kinds of stuff all over the place. Yeah. 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 Mine was, uh, there's, was it just Pandora, Tom Petty channel. Yeah. Uh, Pandora, Ryan Adams channel that gets the most play. And then when my wife owns it, it's, it's either it's, it's, you know, might be like a Michael Buble channel or something. Oh, there you like go. Yeah. 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 We have a lot of stuff going in the house all the time with Sonos. It's good though. We haven't yeah. talked about Sonos, but you know, people love our conversations about, about Slack. Sonos is another, I think, essential tool. This concept of having any music wirelessly streaming to any part of your home is just awesome. And Sonos does it so well. They do. You know, we, um, we used to listen, you, you know, decades ago or whatever, we had a CD changer and we would always put, you know, six or eight CDs in it, however many it held. And we'd let them cycle through and then we'd change it every few days or whatever and, and kind of keep things going that way. And that and we listened to music out loud and then came sort of the digital revolution or the digitizing revolution. And so we ripped all our CDs into our computer and it was like, oh, this is great. We're going to have our, you know, one the one music library to rule them all. And uh, and that was awesome because we could select anything we wanted, but it was either impossible or just difficult and, and certainly not convenient to play that through the, you know, the kind of the stereo or whatever it was in the house. And so it be, that began this process of our music sort of moving into just our ears with headphones or, you know, crappy speakers or whatever. And, and I several times tried to build something that would let me stream the same song to multiple rooms and things like that. And I was able to do it. There's, there's software out there that lets you do that and, and all of it, but it was difficult and no one else wanted to like flip all the switches that needed to make that happen. And, and even I didn't really, even though I knew, you know, cause I built it, I knew how to flip all the switches. It was just kind of a pain in the neck. And finally the Sonos people dragged me down to their office after two years of pestering me to come and, and, uh, and visit them. They're like, you know, we have a really hard time telling our story. This was years ago. Can you please just come down? And it took two years. And I finally get there. And within 10 minutes of being in the office, I said to him, I said, how come you haven't told me about this? And they kind of looked at me like, um, we've tried. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, having access to not just your music library now, but of course, any streaming service, because they partner with all of them right. uh, out loud in your house at, at any time and you can have different rooms running different things or the same thing, whatever you like, it's all controlled with your phone or your computer or whatever you want. It makes it really easy. It brought, it re- really changed our, our musical listening life at home. It brought it back out into the open, which is how Absolutely. it should be. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And it's collaborative, right? Because 
it, you just keep adding songs to the playlist and everybody can add to it. So it, it becomes this thing where you're like, oh, hey, I've never heard this song before. Who put this in? And, you know, one of the kids will say, oh, I did. And, you know, I heard it from so-and-so. And then it, it fosters this, you know, conversation and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yep. Hey, so I had um, four gigs in 36 hours this, this weekend. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're starting to sound Here's like me. <laughs> well, so that, you know, I did a, a six to eight on... Um, Right. We know about that one. Yep. That one. Yeah. The, the unfortunate one. The gig itself was actually quite fun and the people were great. And then I did a, a winery gig from 1230 to 330 the next morning. That was fun. Although it's really hot here now. So outdoor and 90 degree heat, you know, it was a little bit, you know, it was like a really slight breeze. It kind of kept it sane, but it was, you know, singing outside and also acoustic guitars and your, and your, you know, your fingers kind of dry up. Everything feels a little bit brittle when you're in that kind of direct heat for that long. And so that was a little tough, but then I left that drove about an hour to a house rocker gig for another private gig. That was uh, an evening one. It's kind of nice. That was on the water. So it was a little bit cooler and uh, the band played really, really good. And I want to dive into that for a second after I finish the story. Sure. Um, and then, and then I had another winery gig uh, on Sunday, uh, early afternoon. And by the end of that one, I was thinking to myself, self, um, this is, you know, people say it, being a working musician is easy. It, schlepping, performing, physically tiring, it was a lot of work. And I was yeah. definitely feeling it by the end of the, on the end of, and like, you know, and I'm just schlepping a small sound system, acoustic guitar. Mostly what I was feeling was like my stomach muscles from pushing air. That was the most fatigued part of everything. So the singing was harder on that third day um, in a very different kind of way. But uh, I don't know. It, it, it was a lot of work. Um, it's good to see if, how you do that stuff and, and, you know, how you kind of push yourself to doing this. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was two hours, Friday, three hours, Saturday morning, three hours, but I don't sing the whole house rocker show on, on Saturday night and then three hours on, uh, or two hours on Sunday. So it was, it was a lot of music. Um, pretty cool. You know, some stuff, you feel the polish of some of the music or some of the vocal treatments get better right before your eyes was, is one of the great things about playing that much in that condensed amount of time. Yeah, totally. Yep. I, I was really warmed up for the house rocker gig by the time I got there. So that was kind of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, to do that and do that every week, which is what many working musicians do in order to pay bills. You have to, Oh yeah. You have to bow down because that is a life in service of art. That is, uh, really admirable. I yeah. Mean, and that's totally. the thing about the friends of mine who are professional musicians. Interestingly, it doesn't dawn on them that they would do anything else. Like, like, right. Well, it's your are, job. It's what are, you do. Yeah. But I just, I just mean it, it is their job, but it is their life actually. Right. I mean, it is like, it doesn't dawn on them. You know, I could have got an accounting degree or, you know, those sorts of things. Many of them are like, I'm a musician. That's what I am. And I've known it, you know, as long as I've known it, yeah. and I'm willing to make the trade-offs in order to do that, because yeah. again, it's not an, not an easy life. It's, it's, you know, your nights are different than most people's nights. Um, you know, it's, you're dealing with the public in a very different way as a, you know, just kind of a journeyman working, you know, putting bread on the table type of musician. Um, it, it's a, it's an interesting thing that, uh, you know, you, as a fellow musician, you have to take your hat off and say the dedication to do that and express, you know, that thing that is in you on a constant. Cause I did it once. Right. And there are many people I know do it every freaking week. Oh, yeah. Well, when we were on the road, we would play, you know, our average was five nights a week. And we had a couple of stretches where we played, you know, 10 plus dates in a row. 
And it's, yep. you know, you just, but it's what you do. You just kind of make it happen. But this week's crazy for me. Like I had, um, we started tech week yesterday. Uh, so for maybe five hour rehearsal yesterday with this show that will continue through Wednesday. And then the show opens Thursday and the show is Thursday, Friday, two on Saturday and one on Sunday. So, so, so that's, that's to me, that's a full schedule as it is. Um, we need to get one more rehearsal in with Uptown Celebration. We had one last week. Uh, we're doing one actually here tonight. I'm going to leave the the Into the Woods rehearsal an hour early so that I can be here for a 7.30 start. And uh, 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 because the, the Into the Woods rehearsal is you know, right around the corner from my house. So um, so it'll be good with Uptown. We'll, we'll rehearse here tonight and we'll, for the first time, be able to play like full electric um, the you know, doing it with the electronics is, is interesting. I, as I joked with these people, I hope you like the drummer you picked because tonight you get to finally hear him play, <laughs> <laughs> which is, which it, there's a lot of truth to that. You know, the, the electronics that, uh, that I'm playing on at Gary's house and I'm, and I've told him this very thankful that he hosts and that, you know, he, he, he's done what he needed to do to make that all possible. But the electronics are a very kind of budget electronic kit. So there's no touch, no sensitivity at all to them. Um, it's like playing pieces of hard rubber that have no, uh, don't respond at all. In fact, sometimes don't respond differently to the way you hit them. And sometimes they don't respond at all. In fact, the bass drum stopped responding, uh, on time during the last rehearsal. It would, it would fire maybe a half second late. So I had to just stop using it. But, um, so we'll, we'll rehearse here, which will be good. And then on top of that, on Friday night at midnight, I have a madhouse show, so I will leave the theater here in uh, Durham. I'll drive 20 minutes to Portsmouth, kind of get set up at the drum set that's there because they're doing a, a performance of Rock of Ages. That's the house show there this week. And uh, so I'll use that drummer's kit. And I know that drummer well uh, for that show. And and because, you know, you can't just do one of those shows uh, it's, you know, it's one of these trunk show things where there's performers and music and, and all of that, but, but some of the music is tracked. And so I'm going to have to be playing with a click. So of course we have to rehearse. When's that going to happen? Thursday night at midnight. So again, Thursday and Friday, I'll finish my, my, my shows and head right over to uh, the other theater to uh, rehearse and then, and then perform. So it's a busy week, Paul. Good stuff, man. Yeah, it's fun. I was just looking, I have, I have 21 gigs in July. Holy crap. Yeah, so July will be the ultimate test and again with a with a full day job. So right, right, yeah, yeah, that's right. Of course, yeah, we got Ju- lots of stuff to do. Yeah, July might be my last stand here. <laughs> <laughs> that's all good though. So there, tell me, you know? tell me about your house rockers gig. I I, I interjected my mm-hmm. my schedule into that, but I didn't want to forget to come back to it. No, it was uh, the point of the house rockers gig was um, you know we we're done rehearsing for the year, so sure. we kind of like pulled the plug and said we're going to go with what we have. Yep. Um, it was one of those things where we haven't played in a couple of weeks and it was butter. I mean, it was, you know, the stars line up and sound was great right from the beginning butter. So you're not fighting anything to get, get into your groove. And uh, it was a fun set list that was picked specifically for this private group. Um, it just was one of those things where I always worry about two weeks is where I see a couple of cracks, you know, in, in, in memory, right. In sure. tightness. Yeah. This, this one was just great. I mean, just, we just kind of crewed in, we threw in one new song that we're working on. Um, we've been working on that, um, Justin Timberlake suit and tie. So we wrote a kind of a fun, 
horn arrangement from it. We took it from a live performance that he did, so it's not all kind of entirely studio studioed up. Um, we try to add one modern-ish song a year, you know, and, and that now that list is kind of growing, you know, pretty good. We've had the Bruno Mars stuff the last couple of years, sure. But uh, this is the the our token. We have turned on the radio in the last ten years. Attempt for for this <laughs> band this year, sure. And uh, and it's kind of fun. So uh, people people liked it. It was uh, a B minus probably in terms of where we were going to get it to polish wise. Sure. Uh, but it was good to give it a run through because we literally, I was like, hey, you know, why not throw it out tonight? And the guys were like, yeah, let's give it a shot. So it was, and th- and in that is actually some some cool stuff that the band was feeling so cool that they were really comfortable to take a to take a flyer on a song that is not 100% there but but uh is a work in progress and they performed it admirably i don't think the audience had any idea it was a it was a b b minor type thing but um that was cool we got a lot of nice comments um uh it was a suit gig so again you know in terms of like the overall you know what is a musician's life like so i go from kind of a short sleeve shirt playing at a winery up to throwing on a suit to play a rock and soul gig um, up in uh, 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 about an hour away, different vibes that you kind of got to tune your head to and get focused on. That was actually part of the fun of it, right? Like, I'm like, all right, I know I got a lot of stuff I got to play over the next couple of years. I'm not going to, I'm determined not to mail in a moment of this. And so I tried as much as I could to play different stuff at the two acoustic, three acoustic gigs. Um, And then I really tried to get into the moment when the house rocker gig started. And that was really rewarding too. And again, you know what it's like. You're busy. You rush to get to a gig. If you get to a gig and something's off, you know, band is bickering, you know, sound isn't right, stage setup is right. When you're already kind of tired, that stuff feels about 100 times heavier. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It Right. It it just it, it it it's a you know, it just rolls downhill from there. It just rolls downhill from there. So none of that happened. So the stars were lined up. So I walked into this gig. Set up, you know, Bill had the sound system, just, we just sounded really good in this room, really rich sound. And we started out with some stuff that was pretty wheelhouse stuff and we were off and on our way. I mean, it was just really nice. And every once in a while, you know, know, I'm always feeling like I'm expected to choose amongst my children, right? I love the solo gigs. I love the trio gigs. I love my band gigs. Every once in a while, it feels like I'm supposed to like one better than the other. Um, Like your allegiances go one way or another. But you're always reminded about the joy of being able and the and the blessing of being able to have three different outlets to get music out of you. And so that that was kind of what I felt about the house record gig. It was like, oh, I just had this really successful solo gig. Isn't that great? Oh, I really love playing with the guys. It's really, really fun. And so, uh, you know, it just all kind of comes around about how rewarding the whole the whole pursuit is. Yeah. Oh, totally. No. And I, I totally get what you're saying about allegiances. Um You know, for me, my favorite band is the one I am playing with at that moment. There you go. And that's it, you you know, or the one that I'm about to go play with. Right. And and to be fair, I have been in situations where I've realized this is not like I, I can't get my head in that space. I'm not looking forward to this gig. And it's not because of, you, you know, it's, I, mean, I always have my my issues of, oh, you know, like I got to set up and all that crap or whatever. But that aside, I should be looking forward to the gig and I should be excited about some element of it. And if I'm not and that happens routinely with the same band, 
then, you know, I, I bring that up or I, or I just, you know, change things or whatever needs to happen because well, you check yourself first. That's right? it. You check yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, is this what, why, what is the reason I don't like this? And, and if the reason is it's just not for me, then that's fine. Then I, you know, I tell them and, and, you know, I try not to leave people out to dry or whatever. It's like, I'm, I'll obviously still do the gigs, but you should get somebody else because this isn't, you know, this isn't my thing anymore kind of thing. Yeah. So, which is fine, you know, but here's an in- interesting yeah. question for you. Um, when you, have you ever started, you, you thought you knew what the next song on the list was and, and it starts with a drum beat and you started it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Only for it to not be the right song for whatever reason, like sure. something was communicated on stage and get back. Yeah. I misread you, the set list, whatever. Yeah, yeah. totally. What yeah. do you do? You play the song that you just started usually. Oh, I mean, so, and, and that's true of anybody on stage. If somebody starts the wrong tune, you just go, go with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, now th- that's easy. To, that's the answer for a rock gig where the order is not, you know, the most important thing. I, obviously, for a theater show, th- that can't happen. That can happen. Right, right, right. So so we did have this situation the other night, and I just want to share, like, the way that we worked it out. So, yeah. So, um it was a it was a private gig, and uh, in between our sets, they they had some speeches and that type of stuff, sure. which went longer, which meant that our second set was going to be cut down quite a bit, right? And so, in that, um, you know, I I'll make the calls of what songs we're going to have and what we're going to pull and that type of thing. So, so there was some somebody requested one song that starts with a jump beat. Uh, anyway, we start the set somewhere down the set list. Like, you know, we skip the first two or three songs or whatever it is. And we play that song. And then the second song, um, Joe starts playing a beat. And immediately what happened was confusion on both Joe and my part, because I didn't know what song he song he thought he was starting. And that beat could have been the song that was from the request, but I didn't know that he knew that the request was made. <laughs> and so I, I looked at him and I said, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm playing the next song. <laughs> and, uh, and then he looks in my eyes and he can see that I'm confused and he just kind of stops. Right. Yeah. So he did that. And then there was a little bit of discussion about it. Anyway, the end of the gig, what I said to him was, um, if that situation happens again, just keep playing your beat until you and I talk it through. Don't stop. Right. And let, you know, right. Just keep playing your beat. And if you have to stop, you know, in order to get to something or if the song, you know, if I can use the song that you started the beat for, I might do that. But um, him and I, you know, kind of nodded through it, you know, and he's, he's such a like, you know, he owns his role really well. Sure. And, 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 but he's also a very good um, bandmate. Like he he wants to do whatever I ask him to do. And so, th- you know, that was his logic for why stopping. I'm just going to stop. And he stopped abruptly. It sounded really professional. Um, but it, but the question was, what do you do? Right. So your answer was play the song that we're going with. That's OK. Right. That's yep. certainly one option that you can do. Yep. And my option was keep playing your beat and let's see what we can make of this situation. Right. Well, let's talk that, it through. That, keep that's playing. certainly part of, you know, to me, that's part of keep playing the song. Right. You realize, OK, hey, whoa, you know, we should have started, you know, song B. You started song A. OK, let's decide what we're going to do here before we show that this is a train wreck. Right. You know, like, don't change anything yet. Yeah. Let's See think about it. it. See yeah. if we can save it. And, it. and and it might be that, hey, wait a minute. You know, give me give me four bars. I can turn this beat into the one that's going to work for this tune. And we'll exactly. And we'll start that tune slightly differently. But trust me, we'll get there. You know, like that kind of thing can happen. 
Um, but yeah, no, I'm like, that's to me, it's don't just stop unless again, it's a scenario like a theater show or something where it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and a dude, you know, it is not savable. That's that's right. If it's just not savable. Right. But I, you know, the, um, I, and, and I, and pilots have a phrase for this that I'm, that I'm not going to remember, but, um, when you're flying a plane and you realize you have a problem, it, you know, the first thing you do is think about all your options. You do not take any action until you've thought about what your options are, because it's possible that the action you take now limits your op, your ability to choose from a wider range of options. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the plane's still gliding. Yeah, the engine failed. OK, fine. Now you're in a glider and you got, you know, 8000 feet of altitude. So you're not going to crash in 10 seconds. So let's take a breath. Let's figure out what's going to happen. OK. Yeah. Yep. Now, you know, what do we do next? OK. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah it's kind of funny. We've never all this time. And certainly, I, I am number one on person who who messes up setlist stuff, right? I'm not number one of immediately <laughs> skipping a song. So sure. I have ultimate empathy that that happens. Oh, it, and it's going to happen to all of us, of course. You know, you just it's I, I don't easy know to how it happens wh- though. Yeah. The process of staring at a piece of paper, reading and acknowledging that you're looking and still making the wrong call. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. No, but I can guarantee you that you're not alone. It happens to all of us because you look quickly and and you know the thing is the paper doesn't change as the show's going on, right? It'd be one thing if we had video monitors that said up next, you know, this, or if you had charts in front of you that you were paging through, right? And you're on this chart and then you have a note to yourself at the bottom next song. And I do this with some theater shows, especially like the Madhouse thing where it's, um, it's, it's kind of like a rock show. That's a theater show. Right. And, and so the, my charts are very much rock show charts, not theater charts. And I'll put at the bottom of of each song what's on the next page. Like, you know, the next song is whatever. Play this with sticks. You in you start the intro or you're tacit for this song, you know, whatever that is. Um, so, you know, where you've got something in front of you that's evolving and flowing through the night. That's very different than this static piece of paper that is the set list. And it doesn't change. Even You know, you're at the first song and the paper looks the same and you're at the eighth song and the paper looks the same. <laughs> so, right. So, you you know, I find myself I'll look at the thing like, OK, yep. And then what's the next song after that? And what's the next song? OK, yep. I've got a flow. Great. OK. And then, you know, you've got three or four songs kind of swimming in your head at any point in time as you're thinking about how the transition's going to work. And, you know, that's not good. So, yeah. Ah, so gig life. Gotta love it. Gig life. I do love it. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. So, I, I mean, I am looking forward to, to Monday, though, which is when, you know, the this this path of mayhem, um, it's not over because then the next weekend I have the first Uptown gig, which will be a little more stressful than a normal gig because it's the first gig? one. What's that? You wear suits for that? Yeah, actually, it's a black tie gig. So we'll wear tux shirts and uh, and black ties. What's your dress for? And that band does mostly private parties. Private. Yeah. Uh, is there what is what is casual stage dress for that band like? Um, I think like you know jeans and and a nice shirt or whatever. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Kind of like what your band is or should be. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Does that band do any festivals or any public gigs? They will occasionally do some public gigs, like some of the the semi-local casino gigs or whatever they'll do, um, which are public. But generally, no, it's all private. Got it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, I was telling them like my wife was saying, Oh, I really want to come see this band. I'm like, yeah, you, you probably will never be able to, <laughs> uh-huh. but who knows? Yeah. So, all, all right, right. So you're going to get to hear my band again, Dave, you're coming out to California so. soon, right? I hope so. Yeah. It's, it's at a time when we might be doing something. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure I can weasel to, to come see you guys. So okay. yeah. 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 All right. Good. Well, I hope that happens. Uh, same. Yeah. Me too. Me too. All right, folks. Well, as Paul said, uh, always be performing. Find and us. Don't on- be an elitist jerk. That's right. There you go. That's Find us on important. Facebook at uh, giggappodcast.com slash Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Feedback at giggappodcast.com if you got an email for us. We love Don't that. Don't be an elitist jerk. <laughs> 